more tracks on SAFM. I don't know who sings that song. Who sings that song? Alicia Myers. There we go. Without you. Let's talk football now. Let's go down to the border region. Jessie Stella Esbond is, it says here, border football's iconic woman in football. Uh, she's been involved in football from the anti-apartheid football days. Vice President of the Border Soccer Body, President of the Border Women's Football, President of Buffalo Flats LFA and the East London Central FA, amongst many, many other things that Jessie does. Thank you very much for joining us, Jessie. Good evening. How are you handling lockdown? Oh, I'm basically isolating myself ever since the lockdown started. Just go out, you know, when I must go to for my medication. And then every month and one day I just go to the bank and then shopping Mm. and come back home. I don't move around a lot. For somebody that's used to being out in the football field, it must be quite difficult for you. It is very difficult, but fortunately I've got my three grandchildren staying with me and uh, they keep me very busy. So I am always busy. Jesse, let's start at the beginning. Football during apartheid days, what was it like? Um, it was a, a challenge for us. Because if you look one, when you start with the facilities, that what we had, we had to do. And then our, you know, our facilities was not even developed then. So uh, we had to improvise a lot as to know how we're going to, you know, go and enjoy the game of football. Mm. And also, you know, besides the facility, it was also the development of the sport itself was also a challenge for us. Because look, if you pursue a development, then you must have, you know, equipment. And that was something that was very, very scarce within our communities. But we worked around it. Many a time we used to just take you know, your money out of your budget. And then, for instance, making an example, buy a ball, assist even the players, you know. But being innovative and having the players, like, for instance, you know, they didn't know what it was to have a shin guard. Then you'll find that they even, you know, they cut the cardboard and put it into their socks. Mm. And that used to uh, be a shun guard for them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was just a few of the things, you know, that was there, of the challenges. What kept you going during those times? I imagine it would have been just so easy to throw your hands up in the air and say, well, to hell with this, I want to go and do something else. No, you know, basically for me, it was what I did was uh, community-based. The area that I grew up with, and I was so fortunate, I stayed, got married, stayed in the same area. But then in our area, you know, there is a lot of poverty. So our youth was easily redirected. So we always had to use, you know, uh, uh, um, look for alternates 
is to offer the youth. Mm. But what kept me going was, I believed in these boys and girls. And the girls was a difficult issue because football wasn't a girls' game. Mm. So uh, it was very difficult to get a lot of girls in the beginning when we started. But you know what we used to do? We used to have when the boys' games, we always ensure that we also get girls to just come and see Mm. and to understand. But then eventually we could now make teams because the girls didn't even know how, you know, to kick a ball or trap <laughs> a ball. But they say trap is to do the skills with the ball and all that. Yeah. So it was basically, it was a real rough diamond that you had to develop. And that is what kept me going because mm. for me, it was something that I enjoyed. And on a, especially our, our development and the coaching took place on a Saturday morning. And then we could always give them also after the game something to eat. Whether it was just something to drink or a sandwich, mm. but they knew. And that was the traction. Because, you know, some clubs and because of the home situation, they were too eager to get to the field. <laughs> and that is what kept me going, you know. But... It was so bad because in our areas we also had the, the, the abuse of drugs, gangsterism, you know, and they were fighting against each other and all that. Mm. And this is that made me think, how can we get these boys, you know, really and truly? So then I came together with some of the ministers. It was Minister Manar uh, from the church. And then we sort of basically, you know, got and round out these boys, spoke to them, and then let them first play, you know, just, it wasn't a, comp- a, a competitive league. It was just an ordinary thing, you know. Come and let them use their energy up mm. instead of using their energy and wanting to hurt themselves. Because, you know, if you interview them, you speak to them, why are you doing this? What is going on? But then, of course, if you go to the home and you see what is happening at the home, then you could have a better understanding. Mm. And, I always ju- used to, and I always used to love them. My children was wondering <laughs> because I had three boys. All these boys always <laughs> coming and looking for me and wanting to speak to me. And also then the girls. But eventually, you know, we we, we, we we got the better of them. And today, some of these boys, I'm so proud of them. Some of them got married, changed their ways. They have got children themselves. Of course, there are the few that don't listen to you. But, you know, those that don't want to listen and don't want to stop what they do, some of them end up in jail. Mm. But then we also went into a program, you know, where as they get sentenced, then they come out on parole. So then we used to incorporate those boys to just, you know, motivate them and let them understand there's something like football that you can use. Because football from early was a unifying sport. You know, it brings us all together. We have 
tournaments and all those type of things. But so, I must say, we've got a lot of support, you know, in our community for those I was I was going to ask the question in a moment. Chatting to Jesse Stella Esben, Border Football's iconic woman in football, you mentioned the the gangs and the drugs and things. Did you ever mm. feel as if you might be in danger because uh, you know you're, you're cleaning up the streets from gangsters? Yes, many a time, many a time, you know. But I was also fortunate because why, uh, you know, in our community there was a group of. Um, I mean, older guys, not teenagers, not really, you know, they're their level. Yes, you do get, you even get like threatening letters and all those type of things. Mm. But to me was, I once said to one that was really, it seemed that he didn't want to listen. And I asked him one day, do you uh, know the Lord loves you? And then you know what we also did on a Sunday, we should take them to the various churches in our community. So those are the things that we thought will be a turnaround. And then I had a friend, Baron Postman, that also worked with me, and he belongs to the AFM church. So this is where we used to take these boys to church. And I must say, some of them are still going to that church now that they have hmm. turned their lives around hmm. with their family also. So, I mean, what I what I did and what I'm still doing hmm. at this moment is it's always to see and make my community understand you can be better. You needn't be that person that you think you want to be. Hmm. Hmm. But you see, women's Football, you know, there's only one thing that still breaks my heart mm-hmm. is the fact that up till now, there's not even a professional league within yes. South Africa. They, they don't do enough for women's football. Okay, that's that's the question we're asking on the radio, Jesse. And the, the reason we're <laughs> asking that question is because we've got somebody like you on. How do you, first of all, should women footballers be paid the same as men? And if not, uh, or if yes, tell us why. No, women's footballers should be paid the same as men. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. One, we do the training the same as those men. The challenge is still bigger for us because why? We're lagging behind. It's so many years that suffer is our structure promised women's football. We'll do this, we do that. But then they never get to do it for us. Mm. Because, I mean, there's a reality. Today she's one of the vice presidents. And Ria has been fighting for women's football for so many years. And also Natasha Chikilis. Those are two ladies that I served in a committee with them. And I know how we used to fight. Now, if you look at the remuneration that the ladies are getting, what is different that we do? Because we must jump, we must play the game. And I think sometimes we can, our, our, our skills 
can also be better than the men. <laughs> but you know, it's always that uh, male thing that they don't seem to look at women's football. They always see us, I don't know, a second class. Yeah, the, that is how they do. The build up to the us. the build up to the men's game. Exactly. And that is it because I feel we equal. Because if you must go to like when they have the playoffs, you know, all the nine provinces when they play uh, those playoffs together, one who's going to be number one within South Africa. You must go and see how those girls play and the skills that they do have. But of course, it is hard work because we we do everything that a man does. It's ne- it's just different. It's a woman, and it seems to me because I mean, how many years didn't I? In, in, in South and National, and you know there were so many strategic plans mm. that they put in place, a 10-year plan, a 5-year plan, but nothing comes off of, of football, of Where, women's football. Okay, so, so, so Jesse, and, and we're, we're asking this question, so a lot of people are saying women's sport doesn't get the same coverage as men, so therefore they, should, you know, they don't get the same sponsors as men do. What comes yes. first? Is it the coverage of it or is it the sponsorship? Because you need sponsors to pay for the coverage. It is what comes first is the sponsorship. Right. And many of the corporates, they don't see us as we will be able to give them mileage. Mm. Reason being because of the tendons and exposure that we don't get as women's football. And I think that is where the main problem is. Because the focus is not where, you know, where we should be included. Because look, even if you look at the Safa national structure too, we as, uh, as, as, as women's football, we just are ordinary committee at the end of the day. But if you look at the structures for the males, and that is why they dominate us still. Because you get a technical committee, then you've got a developmental committee, and we at the tail end, we are just but part of it, you know. And I think that is the sponsorship. Yeah. And obviously, if we must have the sponsorship, then there will be more development in that. Because look if they do the, 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 the um, workshops national. There will always be, you get, they send now a circular to the regions. They're going to have a workshop, say they're going to have a workshop for 20 coaches. But then only two is ladies. Mm. You understand, is included in the 20. So obviously, we will always remain you know, uh, how can I say? Second, uh, not second being included. I oh, right. Yeah, not, not included. included. So, okay. Yes. So it's, it's that far down. Um, who has the power to change that? And we're running out of time. Who's got the power to change that at SAFA? The president, the president, what is technical to you? Those are the people that should. Because, look, I always feel if they go to school sport, that is where, because Sasa is also part of the structure. Right. 
school sports. School so sports, yeah. that developmental, that is where they should start. So Danny, Udon, so Danny Udon could stand up tomorrow and say we're starting a league and this is how it's going to work and this is where we're getting the development from. Exactly, because why they are the people, because that is where all the... the, 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 the developmental, the sponsorship is shared. It's been done there by them, by the top structure. But he will, he will have to sit in, won't he have to sit in a committee and then have another committee and a subcommittee? But you see, sometimes I feel that committee, our committee is just that we, you can only give a recommendation to the, 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 the president. Right. And and the president, you will, like when Molifant was the, the mm, president, mm. then he said this project is going to be women's football. Where did it end? Nowhere. Mm. It didn't land anywhere. Jesse, it, it's it's this this interview went a completely different way. I was hoping to talk more about you than about that, but this is a very important topic. Do you see? Do you see a women's league happening in the next? Now with COVID, it's, it's probably not even a second thought anymore. Do you see a women's no. league happening in the next five years? I can't see it. If it hasn't happened now in the last ten years, I will it happen in the next five years? And with this COVID situation, look now. Football is at a standstill. I see now in lockdown three only they're going to start training again. Yeah, but I mean, where will it? Uh, the thing is, this uh, there's not enough women, and you know where is the problem? Also, mm-hmm. women are not being put into or elected into these committees or into the structures. Mm, mm. Like you'll find me in Central, I've been in so many structures, <laughs> but it's always just me. And you also get tired of, you know, putting your case and fighting for something that will not really happen and be. But I hope one day before I die, there will still be, uh, you know, a league for the women, a national league for the ladies within the whole of South Africa, because we've got a lot of talent, a lot of talent we have. Jesse, it's been an honor to speak to you. Thank you very much. Jesse Stella Esben, Border Football's iconic woman in football. It was going to be a chat about her. It landed up being a chat about women's football. It's a bigger story, uh, and we will keep an eye on that. Ben, we're going to talk about that a lot. What is the future of women's football? Women's rugby seems to be doing okay. They've developed, they're uh, getting involved in the sevens, not always qualifying, but they're getting involved in the sevens as well. Let's take your views. 891 that's the call. You can also WhatsApp on 614 104